Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Michael Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. If you'd be so kind to stand with me and turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin on Mother's Day today, um, but I want to make sure that, you know, as as we have throughout the day to continue to honor our mothers. Um, I'm going to take my text from the book of Proverbs 23 and verse 24. It says, the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad and she that bear thee shall rejoice. My son, give thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Now I want to go down to Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 11. It says, there is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Now I want you to look in this verse, in verse 12, it says there there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and then I want you to look at verse 17 with me. It says, the eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother. That same eye that thought he was pure The ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. The description of this child is that he mocks his father and despises to obey his mother. There is a generation that does this. It did it in the book of Proverbs, and it does it today. And I want to talk to you today about mothers and our role as the church, as a mother figure. God bless you. You may be seated. Everyone here has a mother. You have someone who brought you into this world. Now, I am not under the illusion that everyone has had a great mother. In fact, some of you may have had a very poor example of a mother. So when I talk to you today, I want you to understand that I know not everyone is in the same boat that I'm in. So let me talk to you a little bit about my mom. She's up in the booth, so she does have a little bit of say. She can mess around with some scriptures, but I did copy them down. My mom um, always tries to see the best in everyone. She always has. Sometimes I would say even to a fault. My dad is the same way. My dad always tries to see the best. And the way that I always saw kind of growing up was I I see, I always saw my parents, our house was open. And believe me, it was open. We've had Well, some people are still in the church, so I'm not saying everybody, but we have had some crazy people that have lived in our house with us, okay? Not all of them, but some of them. But 
my parents always looked at it as here's an opportunity to help somebody. Doesn't matter what they're going through, we want to help them. So they always, and my mom always tried to see the best in people. My mom is very strong. She can be strong-willed. She is German. And I was smart enough to marry another German. So there's enough stubbornness to go around. But my mom is also very submissive. She is always willing, she will tell you what she thinks, but then she will go with the determined direction. But when she has had enough of you, she will let you know in the sweetest way possible that enough is enough. My mother has always been very loving and kind. My mom never wanted to be the disciplinarian. But occasionally, when my dad would be out of town or at work, my mom got to step into this role. And this has been a constant dispute in our home about the amount of entertainment my mother got from disciplining me. (laughs) Now, mind you, it was a lot of disciplining. And I've earned, I'd say, probably about 95% of it. (laughs) Yes. There's a teacher that probably wrote me up a couple of detentions. (laughs) But let me tell you this. uh, uh, There has been a lot of difference in the church that I grew up in to the church of today. I'll just give you some examples. When it came to discipline, yes, we were not, we're, we're not, you know, keep everything silent, but if I acted up in church, there was an immediate response, and then there was the anticipated response. The promise that when we get home, young man, Michael, Sean, Kylie, get over here right now. Sit still. You got ants in your pants? Be quiet. That was pretty much a regular thing at church for me. I would never have dared to get away from my mother because she would have chased me down. And then it would have been worse. But my mom would tell me, you just wait till we get home. And that was my hope. Because my mother would get caught up after service with so many other things that when I got home, I would quickly try to get in bed and go to sleep before she remembered what I had coming to me. And it would work quite a bit. But when it didn't, let the laughter begin. Now, my mom will say it was because I would do a little dance and I'd make this a laughable situation. I think it was just kind of entertaining to a degree for her in, in that regard because I would, I would do the walking thing, you know, and especially you boys know this, that when they prep you, they kind of get in that batter stance, you know, and they get that paddle, put your hands on that bed. And my mom would go back and I'd be walking up. I'd get as close to that bed as I possibly could. Because I figured it might extend where she just gets one cheek instead of both of them. So I understand that there was probably a little bit of entertainment. But she didn't like that role. 
She didn't want to do it. But she did it when it was necessary. Because at some point, discipline is a very important aspect to education. Now, my education did not end. Typically, in this day and age, I think, you know, people stop giving spankings, you know, around 12, 13. Boy, I got to tell you, probably the time to ramp them up. Um, it's, it's probably the best bet. Keep that going. But I remember when I was 16 years old, um, we were having a discussion in our kitchen. And it was more of an argument. Um, my dad was there, my mom was over a class that I didn't want to take, that my mom wanted me to take. And I overstepped my bounds big time. And I told my mom to be quiet. And at 16 years old, there was no way I could get my hand up quick enough to block what was coming. And I deserved it, full out. And I'm pretty sure that if she hadn't gotten me, he would have. <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of things that, there's, a, there's definitely a line. And I see it more and more in society. You know, Brother Marty talked this morning about, you know, the, the activities that we fill our lives with, with as a family, whether it's soccer, sports, or events. And I see it more and more often, there's, there's a very there's very much of a disconnect between the respect that a child should have for their parent and the actual respect that they show. It's very, it's decreasing rapidly, in my opinion. Now that's not everyone, but there are several situations that I see that that's occurring. But there's a line that should never be crossed. See, the, there's one, one thing that I will say is that I, though I may have had episodes of disrespect, I never was disrespectful of my parents. I appreciated everything that they did, the love that they showed, even the discipline. I didn't like it at the moment, but I can see the results. So don't ever be afraid, parents, to have discipline. My mom will tell you that sometimes the best way to get your brain back where it belongs is to smack you on the butt. And it's important to remind kids, teenagers, where the respect should lie. Because there are promises that the Bible makes about children that are disrespectful. Short life. Obviously an eye issue. You don't want that, let me tell you. Because let me tell you when ravens go for your eyes, it's when you're dead. Keep it in mind, young people. Don't cross that line. Now, nature itself teaches us a lot about mothers. I enjoy watching the Nature Channel. Um, I enjoy watching uh, different episodes, whatever it is. I, I find it amazing when I can see nature in action and how, especially mothers. Now, did you ever notice this when you watch, I don't know if you guys take the time to do this, but I like watching about bears and grizzly bears and all this stuff and their tendencies. But there is, there is something about a mama bear and her cubs 
that is a bond that's simply amazing to me that you do not want to cross. Nature teaches us that you don't want to mess with mama bear. Several months ago, I think it is now, I don't have an exact date, but um, I and Delena went to see a movie called Brave. I enjoyed this movie. Um, do you want to scold me later on? You call my cell phone, I take voicemails. Um, in this movie, there's a girl that's mad at her mom, and she crosses a line. To make the long story short, her mom is turned into a bear. And this has become a standing joke with me and Delena for her mom. In fact, once we watch this movie, and again, it's a joke, her mom's not a bear, okay? But when, when Delena and I talk, when she starts to get under her mom's skin, I remind her, don't poke the bear. <laughs> don't push the buttons. Don't irritate her. And we'll look at her, well, we'll look at each other, and we'll just start, she'll start cracking up. We'll start, start cracking up, and it kind of helps the situation a little bit. But you have to watch out if you get in between the bear and her cubs. Don't poke the bear. They'll actually tell you when, when you're in the woods, you never want to get between a sow and her cubs. Because if there's anything in between mom and the cubs, that thing is going to be taken care of. To those of you that have not had a great mother like I have, and that my children have, I'm sorry for that. I am, because I, I believe that a mother is a lot of things. You know, she encompasses so many jobs and tasks like this video showed us. Like Brother Marty talked to us about this morning. I, I love the example that my wife is to my children. And there's nothing that can replace that. And the love and the bond that they have developed, nobody can touch that. There is a special bond between a mother and her child. Now, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and verse 24, it says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. I looked at this scripture and I thought, when we look at this, we are the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. Everybody agree with that? Okay. The bride is the mother figure. Okay? So let's establish that first and foremost. So as we look into this, those
those of you that haven't had the greatest of experiences with a mother, God in his infinite wisdom had a plan for even you. Like I said, we know that God is the father. We know that the church is the bride or mother figure. And really that is the way we should always look at it. And I'll tell you why. The church should be a mother figure. It should be nurturing. And it should be trying to help you grow strong and healthy, disciplined and wise. That's what the church should be doing for each and every person that comes into this place. It should be a mother figure. A mother is going to do a lot of teaching as you grow. Anybody been taught anything by their mom? My mom, hey brother, I don't know if brother Marty's still here. My mom taught me to cook. My wife loves that aspect. But my mom taught me a lot of things. My dad taught me a lot of things. But when we look at the church and the church's part in teaching, we have implored so many different things. We have employed Sunday school, home Bible studies, church services, Wednesday night service, Sunday service, all these opportunities for you to be able to teach and learn and grow. They're going to hold your hand the first couple of times as your legs gain strength and you learn to balance yourself. That's what a mother does. Until one day you're able to walk on your own. But that's not when being a mother stops. As a child grows and they get in their teenage years, they look less for wisdom and more for actions. They want to see you live it. If it is really the best way for them to go. Because you can talk all you want and you can tell your children how they should live. But when, you, when they see how you live and they see the benefits and the results of it, especially as they get older, they're more likely to follow in your footsteps. This does not mean that they will always th- see things your way. You have to remember, parents, that they have learned much more in their 13 to 18 years on this earth than you have in your 30 to 40. They're brilliant. I mean, this day and age, these kids got it together, man. I mean, I'd pretty much, I think I should probably just get them an apartment. They can live on their own. Young people, remember what happened to the man and his eyes, even though he thought he was pure. Sometimes young people look at independence as freedom. I can't wait until I'm 18 and can be on my own. And I'm thinking, I can't either. Man, 18 on your own. I am going to save so much money. This is going to be great. I, we had a wonderful discussion with one of our children. It was very entertaining. In this discussion, we talked about expense versus income. Great discussion to have with a 17, 18-year-old kid. Very entertaining to sit down with a calculator, a piece of paper, and a pen. And start writing down all the things that they want 
on a weekly and monthly basis. Not the needs, not the needs. I mean, we understand that there's needs that children have, but the wants, very entertaining. In this discussion, we determined that our child wanted about $450 a month of different items. Now, mind you, this child had no job. So we had this discussion, and we, I said, okay, well, this is what you want, or you feel your wants are. Now, how do we pay for those wants? Because right now, you make nothing. <laughs> Isn't freedom and independence wonderful? You have nothing. This, as Bill Cosby said, this is, this is ours. This is your mom and mine. This is our money. You have nothing. We let you live here. We let you eat the food. Great talk. A lot of fun. Got a job, working. That's great. Freedom, independence. Sometimes we want it for ourselves, too. Oh, I can take care of this. I got this. I don't need mom looking over my shoulder. I don't need dad telling me what to do. I got this. But as a church, if we are to be a mother to all of those around us, I think we can take some lessons from someone like my mom. Like I said, loving, patient, kind, strong, but submissive. If we took on those attributes as a church and as a mother figure, I'd like to see the results. Patience. The word in and of itself does, I don't even think it does justice. It's a goal more than a word. There's no doubt in my mind that my wife far surpasses me with patience. Now, I think I'm pretty patient in, in quite a few things. And those of you that are men around here, maybe you can understand where I'm coming from, but some of you may have already achieved that elevated status of being the most patient person. And we'll talk to your wife after, and your kids, and verify that. See, I think I'm pretty patient with our kids, but when it comes to my wife, there is no doubt that she is on the verge of sainthood. And it is the same with my mother. But when you have your kids, there's a different level of patience that you can have. See, when it's, your, when it's not your kid, and it's amazing how critical people can be, and the, if that was my child, remarks start coming out. I was sitting in the office the other day, and there's two gals, two single gals, um, talking in the, in the box next to me. And they're chatting it up, and they're like, oh, this, this kid, you know. They had a friend that was a mutual acquaintance talking about their kids. Oh, I couldn't believe how they let them act. And da, 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 da. Just going on and on and on and on. And I'm thinking, yep, here's two single women. <laughs> you talk it up. Yeah, you go ahead, because when you have that kid, I want to come see. 
But man, the remarks, they start a flying. The fact is, other people probably look at your kids and say the same thing. You think your kids are angels. And the other person's going, I don't want that angel in my house, ever. Because when it's your kids, you look at things that others may see as flaws and you see them differently because it's your child. When it's your kids, there's a different level of tolerance that you will give them. Again, because they're your kids. And if someone starts messing with your kids and mom sees, she's going to step in. And just like between the cubs and the mama bear, there's probably going to be some carnage. Because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Thank you, all two of you that will have scored brownie points. The rest of you are on your own. We need to be the same way with this family. When someone rises up to try and degrade one of your family members and they try to deceive them and steer them away from God, you should be furious. Because here's the thing also that follows. Because if mom doesn't get satisfaction, then she'll call what we termed in our house the big dog. And when the big dog comes in, let me tell you, those are words that when I was a kid you didn't want to hear, especially from my mom. I'm calling your dad. And I was like, man, because I know he's not going to forget. (laughs) This isn't going to be bad. And my dad got in the same batter stance, let me tell you. And he played baseball. And I'm not kidding you. We had, a, we had a paddle in our church four feet long so he could really lower his shoulder. But you didn't want to hear that because once you got past irritating mom and she wasn't happy, then you start having to deal with God. And let me tell you how God handles it. It's not with a, a paddle. Matthew 18 and 6 gives us a very vivid example of what happens when you mess with one of God's children. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. So now I'm going to go on a little bit of a limb here. If that's how God feels about people messing with his children, which should be example or should be the same way we feel about someone messing with this family and our children, don't you think we should get a little bit more defensive when the devil tries to deceive and discourage and destroy? Our kids, the people we bring in, the family members of this family. But, but we tend to kind of like, well, you know, it's up to them. It's their decision. They can, they can choose. 
We, there's very little fighting to save what's already been saved. See, I don't believe, I, I'm, I'll throw this out and I know that I'm on the same page here so I don't have any worries. I don't believe in once saved, always saved. I don't believe God will ever drop you out of his hand. But I believe you can walk. And it can be your own choice. But I want to fight to keep my family together. And no matter what comes against us, we're going to stick together. So let me ask you again, as the church, being the bride and body that is to be presented to Christ, what if we took the approach that all of these people are my children? This is my family. What if like a mother we saw the potential in each person and accepted the flaws? What would happen if instead of pointing out someone's flaws, we encouraged them in their walk with God? Matthew 25 and verse 34 says this. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. How many, how many of you, if your child asked you for food, I mean, I look at myself. There's nothing I wouldn't do to make sure that my child was fed. We had a, we had a thing in our, our home, um, as long as I can remember, So let the children first be fed. My parents would do anything to make sure that I was fed. My mom would cook whatever, and if she went hungry, she'd go hungry. But her kids would eat. If your child was thirsty or sick, when I was, before, before I got married, before Delena, one of my gross out things was saliva, okay? Oh, and you see these kids and they're, you know, they get snot and they got, oh, it's just gross. And then you get, you get somebody that like, and they, they just like rub it off. I'd see people, they just like rub it off and put it on their coat. It was, I was like, oh, that's so gross. And we had Delena. And I think God decided that it was time to have some fun. So I actually became, we had, we had two different scenarios. Mom got to change a lot of diapers and she received that mess. But Delena was so thoughtful and tried to break me in and I was the puke bag. Whenever Delena had to puke, it was on me. 
So even though I didn't want to do this, God kind of allowed me to get used to having to deal with saliva. And I will tell you right now, if your kid drools on me, I'm not going to be happy. It's gross. But it was my kid. And when it's your kid, it's just different. They could do, I will say this, and this is just purely for laughs. We were here at a parents' night when Delena was very little. And um, we were in the office, and Delena needed the diaper change. This is one of my proudest moments. My wife is sitting there in the office changing Delena's diaper. When Delena, now she's like three weeks old. Give me, a, give me some help. Okay, week old. I was off. I'm a dad. I, I know her birthday is July 13th. Okay, so we got that going for us. Don't ask me what year. She's nine. We'll go backwards from there. So she is sitting down, and my wife is assuming the catcher position. She's changing the diaper, and Delena had an issue with a certain type of milk. So there was an explosion. And I looked at my wife, and here she has poop (laughs) all over her. Now, I was thinking to myself, this is hilarious. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And my wife is sitting there and she literally just is like, like what am I going to do? I have to go in with all these people. I'm a teacher. And she is covered. And then she just started laughing. Again, it's different when it's your kid. The things, the puke, the saliva, the grossness, it's not as disgusting anymore. Because when you see your child in need, or your child sick or hurting, there's a different part of you that comes out. And when we look around at this world that we're in, there are a lot of people that are sick, and hurting, and struggling, and hungry for a change, for something different. To have someone love and appreciate and protect them no matter where they're at. And God said that when we saw him that way, there was actually a reward because we acted out and we met the needs of the people that were sick and hungry and thirsty in prison. But in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, it says something different. It says, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting life, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. 
I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. As the church, when we look at others as our family and the ones that we're to care for, as a mother cares for her cubs, we will do whatever we need to do to make sure they know what they need to know to get to heaven. And when it's your child, you will do it with the patience of a mother and the determination of a mother. This is our family. And if we have the heart of a child and the patience of a mother, even with other people's children, and we all have the same attitude, we will have unity like we have never seen before. And when we have unity, revival will explode And God will bless this church like we have never seen before. Proverbs 22 and 6, you're all familiar with it, says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Love and patience. Two things that a mother should have. Two things Jesus has example. And two things we should always be striving towards having more of as a mother and as the church. I'm going to leave you with this scripture. Pastor Kylie's going to come. 3 John, verse 4 I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. There should be no greater joy for a church than to know that we're walking in truth. God bless you, Pastor Kyle. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262 965 5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.